0: It's your pal, Siri. You
1: have found the Ambiguously Blind podcast, where we are challenging beliefs and revealing abilities that make people extraordinary. With your host, a guy that's great at hearing, but terrible at listening,
0: John Grimes. Hey, 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 greetings. Welcome back. Thanks for tuning in, subscribing, and supporting the podcast experience. We are going to hear from a guy that is no stranger to the podcast experience himself. His name is Thomas Reed. He's the producer and host of Read My Mind Radio. I'm a big fan of the uh, vibe that Thomas puts out on his podcast. He, I believe, would tell you that he's making blindness sound funky, and I certainly agree with him in that regard. Thomas was affected by blindness later in life, so there's some unique adaptations and things that I'm looking to learn from Thomas uh, about uh, being a father, and specifically a girl dad. Thomas has daughters. And I feel like uh, I'm going to be hitting him up for some some good old-fashioned fatherly advice on being a girl dad. And I also consider Thomas to be one of the pioneers in the really new era of audio description. He and others are doing some incredible work to really bring great energy and creativity to audio description. So let's jump on in to the uh, Read My Mind radio studio. Hey, Thomas. Thanks for joining the Ambiguously Blind podcast.
1: Thank you, sir, for inviting me.
0: A guy that is uh, putting funky into blindness, yes, right? Is that, I've heard you, I think you describe yourself as that, don't you? Yeah,
1: I make blindness sound funky.
0: Yeah. <laughs> that's it. Yeah, that's <laughs> it. And boy, you do make it sound funky. Uh, of course, you're the proprietor, host, producer of Read My Mind Radio. That is correct. Which is a little play on words with the read there. That's R-E-I-D. That's all to the
1: E-I-D. That's right. Uh, you say it so much <laughs> better than I do.
0: And uh, you sound so much better now. You've certainly got the voice for the, uh, the podcast, very smooth. And also the sound experience in your, in your podcast episodes are something that I am very envious of and really like how you weave the uh, music and effects and different things in and out of your, your episodes. So that's Thank awesome. You. Thank you. Did that take a lot of time for you to hone that craft?
1: Yeah, it took a while. Um, and it's funny because I think that came about well, I like sound. I like music. Um, I, I've considered myself, I used to be a bedroom DJ. So there was that
0: element back in the day. Oh yeah, nice. I, I can relate to that. Yeah, yeah.
1: yeah. And, and also because I did not have confidence in my ability to sort of just continue the conversation. Um, so I knew that I was going to want to edit my stuff out, my asking the questions, because usually it doesn't come out smooth, right? So usually it's like, uh, well, let me think. Um, uh, uh, you know, that <laughs> sounds like, no, yeah. I'm going to cut all of that crap out. And, and then it was also just the whole storytelling, the whole making it, you know, how sometimes you can talk to someone and they tell you a story, but they, they started out in the middle. And then go back to the beginning toward the end, that sort of thing. I'm like, hmm, I want to put this in order that it kind of occurred or maybe do something else with it. Okay, wait, this part is really interesting. Maybe I'll lead it off. So so there's a little you know, there's a little bit of that in there as well. And that was always an interest of mine as well.
0: So. Yeah, you and I have already experienced the ums and the ah from from the host in this case. So, uh, <laughs> and but from the, the guest. listener will will never hear that. Yeah. So that's that's the good thing. That's the beauty of editing, man. That is the beauty of it. <laughs> uh, it does take a lot of time, though. But yes. uh, at some point, you get pretty good at it. Yes. And, um, and and know how to do that. Also, I think the sounds and effects and things that you put in there can really, you know, as you said, you talk to compelling people mm-hmm. that are affected by disabilities, and 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 my particular case and yours, blindness. Mm-hmm. And with that type of, uh, with sounds and things, you can really take a compelling story and really make it even more compelling. You can make uh, the listener, take the listener through the journey, um, just like in a movie or something where it's, uh, you know, some basically some production value, right? So Absolutely. Absolutely.
1: And sometimes when the person is telling you, the, well, telling me the story, I hear it. I hear it like that. I really do. I, I'll, I'll be talking to someone. You know, just not not recording, and we're just talking at a party or something. And I'm like, "Ooh, yeah, I can, I can, I kind of can." I hear, hear the, this, I hear particular- the jam. Yeah, now, exactly. Yeah. I can kind of hear this under <laughs> there, you know, or or insert this sound here. Like, yeah, yeah. So,
0: so you're no stranger to audio editing.
1: No, I've been doing it for a while. Been doing it for a while. So since uh, prop well, it's, it coincides with blindness. You know, it
0: really does. Well, let's talk a little bit about blindness yeah. to kind of set the table sure. for what to expect here. So when were you affected with blindness?
1: So total blindness, I was affected in 2004 officially. And so I say total because I was born with retinoblastoma. And so that's a childhood eye cancer. And so I lost my left eye as an infant. And at that point I had, you know, a lot of treatment and all of this stuff to save the right eye. And I was not blind. So when you, you know, one eye does not make you blind. It doesn't even make you legally blind or partially blind. It really depends on the visual acuity of your remaining eye. And so mm-hmm. my visual acuity was good enough where I was, uh, you know, I could drive and, and, and all of that stuff um, later on. It wasn't great, great, but it was, you know, good enough. Mm-hmm. And uh, the, the cancer came back or it was actually a, another version because of all the radiation that I received as a child. And so that's what took the second eye. The second eye also had to be removed. And um, I started experiencing some problems in 2003 and uh, was diagnosed toward the end of 2003. And then right in the beginning of 2004, it was deemed that, hey, this eye needs to come out in order to save your life. So Mm -hmm. that's what it was.
0: Is that pretty common with that type of Um, situation? It's
1: more common than, than is known. And and the reason for that has a lot to do with the radiation and the way it was, the way it was sort of delivered back in the day. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, yeah. So I'm I'm turning 54. So it was in 69 that I got all of this radiation. It was 68, 69. And um, yeah, at that point, it was just all over the place, man. It was high beam radiation. It was a lot of treatments and that's what was going to kill it. So they went with it and, you know, cool. But that, that amount of radiation comes back to haunt us. So yet secondary and third tumors and fourth tumors are definitely common, um, in the retinoblastoma world among survivors.
0: Okay. So you're 35 Mm -hmm. and life is beginning anew, I guess. Um, big time,
1: big time, um, new home. So that 2003, we bought a home. Well, we, we built this home in the end of 2002, started We broke ground in 2002 and we moved in in 2003 and my wife was pregnant with my second daughter. My oldest was just turned six. So they're six years apart. And uh, so new house, new baby, new tumor.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Well, you got a good sense of
1: humor. Have no choice, man. Yeah, 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 absolutely. That was a 2003 was a rough year, man. 23, moved in. I lost my brother, my older brother. It was rough. That was a r- mm. really rough. All of that stuff was happening at the same time. Um, so yeah, they talk about, you know, some of the most stressful times is death, um, buying a home and, and cancer. Okay. Yeah. Come on. Give it to me all at one time. So.
0: And a new baby. And a new baby. That's that, right. Yeah. That's, don't that's, forget that don't one. Can't
1: forget the new baby. Yeah.
0: Mm, Oof. Man. So that was, um, Yeah. So you've got some stories, you've got some experiences, you've got some. A little I mean, I think, bit. You know, everybody does, <laughs> but some people have more than others. And I feel like uh, you're probably one of those that has, has more than others.
1: Um, I don't know, but I, I have mine. I definitely have mine. And, um, you know, it's, it's my story. It's my journey and all of that stuff. And there's a lot of good. There's a lot of really, really good that I think came out of it. Um, and that's the way I'm going to. Yeah, the way I'm gonna well, I like at. to
0: focus on the good. You know? Absolutely focus on the positive and, and, uh, help to, to get people through things. Cause there, there's people that listen that, that are, you know, having enough troubles of their own and we don't need to drag anybody through yeah, those mud. Yeah. Yeah. So let's focus on the good. So cool. how did you, tell me about your experience there. Um, your, your child is sick and there's, they're both girls. Yes. Um, you're a girl dad. Yes, sir. Yeah. I'm a girl dad too. There you go Girl dads unite. yeah and and maybe just because we have to for for sanity or clarity or i i feel like there's a lot of wisdom you can impart on me here so i'm um that's what i'm looking for here cool
1: cool yeah girl Uh, girl the six-year-old
0: yes the six-year-old how does she adjust because she knows dad before and after exactly How, how was that adjustment for the for the older one
1: yeah that was uh i think it was it was definitely a challenge there was a lot for her to go through, um, and and you add the fact that there's a new baby, you know, you, you you have to look at those things together, because she was the baby, she was the first girl in the family, mm-hmm. and I say because my my sister had all boys, right? So I I mean extended family and all of that, and um, yeah, it was a lot of attention that wasn't going her way, and now she's in a new school, new home, that was hard. Plus, just dealing with. The fact that her life changed because my daughter was, uh, my older daughter was, was like, she was like my little right hand. That was my partner. Anywhere I went, mm-hmm. she was coming with me. She was in the car, whether that be in the car seat at that point or she was in the back, she was right there with me everywhere I went. Um, martial arts class, she was coming with me. She was hanging out, right? Um, just had to run to the store. Come on, let's go. We're going to the store. Like that, that was my girl, right? That is my girl. So it was different. So, yes, yeah, there was definitely an adjustment process, you know, for, for her. Even things like doing homework, where she would come to me for some of that help. And, you know, things, it wasn't like the, the teacher sent home digital files, you know, for, for a first grader, right? They're, mm-hmm. they're, right? they're pictures, they're little graphs and stuff like that. And so I'm, hey, what does this look like? And she's like, what do you mean? What does it look like? You look at it, right? <laughs> like, you know, like just to have to explain that to don't, me. not
0: don't understand. Yeah. yeah, yeah.
1: That, right. that she didn't know how to do that. I didn't necessarily know how to, at that point, mm-hmm. ask the right questions to get that out of a six-year-old. You know, it was rough yeah. enough getting that out of
0: adults. So, yeah, we've got a six-year-old uh, ourselves at the moment, okay. so I can, I can relate to the mentality and, and they shouldn't really have to. They shouldn't have to. Ex- expect to do that kind of stuff either. Exactly. So it's, exactly. It's, it's it's unusual. Yeah. But for me, I feel like the the plus side of that for, for them at, at that time in their life is I, I feel like there's some maturity that is built in for them at that time where they're, they're doing things that other kids their age aren't. They have some more empathy or more understanding of kind of differences and things before other kids have a chance to be up close and, and, and personal with that. Was that your experience?
1: I think that was my experience. I, also, I don't think that comes automatically. I really don't. No, it, no, it doesn't. No. <laughs> so, it certainly doesn't. <laughs> there's, a, there's a lot that goes into it. Um, you know, but I, I think at the end of the day, you know, my daughter's 25 now, and um, she definitely has, has all of that and more um extremely proud of that girl like and and where she's going with her life and what she wants to do and some of that some of that does relate back to disability absolutely um and and she's she has a, an extreme understanding she's extremely empathetic she she yeah so so it definitely comes out but um I think we helped it along we had to help it along you know but but again at that at that level at 6 there's so much stress like you know going out as a family could be really stressful for her because everyone would stare at me. Um, and that wasn't something that was happening before, you know, like the white cane yeah. is out and, oh, what's this guy? What's up with him? And, and folks are just staring. You know, I, I used to, I told someone we went to, to the zoo and it was like, we were really the ones on display, not the, mm. not the animals, you know? Yeah. So, yeah, yeah it takes, it takes a while to get used to it, but, but she adjusted and uh, I think she, she did a fabulous job. Where the the younger one totally different, right? She didn't know anything, anything different.
0: Yeah, that's where I was going next with the younger one. So now you've got the the infant, mm-hmm. and you know, I most at least I think good girl dads change diapers. Oh, right, man, I was a master at that. Come on. <laughs> so, so walk me through the diaper process. I mean, uh, without getting too gory. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. Oh, the diaper process. Let me tell you, the diaper process was a lot of fun because. Uh, some of the, the tools that I was just getting. So I, I remember I had my, my watch, my talking watch at the time. I don't use a watch anymore, but my talking watch at the time came in really handy because when she got a lip little bit bigger, that was what occupied her while I changed her diapers. Right? Okay. So, you yeah. know, I'd, I'd have her in that position and my hand is kind of holding her, her little legs up there. And, and so therefore she could grab onto the watch. And I'm telling you to this day, I don't know if you're familiar with the watch, if they even still have it, but it was the one that you press it and then there's the cuckoo, the, the cuckoo I sound. Don't know. Okay. Yeah, there was a watch that you have and it, it, it'll announce the time. So time is or alarm on, alarm off, mm-hmm. right? So when she started to talk, she literally imitated that watch. So it was, I mean, very early. I can't remember how many months, yeah. but she would, I, I realized one day where I was changing her diaper, like, what is she saying? And she would go, she was making the, <laughs> the, 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 the sound and then she would go uh, uh 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 because the thing was saying alarm on, alarm mm-hmm. off. And it was just, oh, my goodness, this is amazing. So, yeah, I would I, that would occupy her time while I changed the diapers. And I got, you know, I was already pretty good at it because of my first daughter, but now doing it blind. Yeah. So the only thing that I tell people is that I use way more wipes than other people might have used because I was going to make sure she was clean.
0: Now, I don't think there's anything wrong with that. Absolutely, not. I can relate. I, I, I like my wife would do it. She'd use like one or two, and I'd have like a pile of eight yeah, right there. Yeah,
1: I think my daughter preferred my way anyway. So um,
0: she was extra. Clean. I like to think that's the way too. Yeah, but it is. It is, man. At least, at least that's in my mind. It is,
1: and that's what matters.
0: <laughs> so take me through the. There's there's some hormonal things. There's some great mm. just the girl dad routine from the From the no vision perspective, how does that work like uh, were there boys coming around were there were there suspicious friends were there were there were there raging hormones or all the above all the time?
1: I wouldn't say all the time, but I remember when we got to that point with my my older daughter so one year I think it was the ninth it was the ninth or tenth grade, she wanted to do um cyber school. So school from home. So that was, you know, that was before it was as popular, I guess, as it became with, uh, you know, after the pandemic. Mm-hmm. And so we signed her up. I was like, you sure you want to do this? She really wanted to do it. I said, okay. Now I was working from home ever since I lost my sight. So I was, I was very appreciative of the fact that my company tried to keep me employed there and, and whatever. That was a whole other story, but I was working from home. And I think that was a real blessing in terms of my relationship with my daughters. Because when they came home from school, I was there all the time. And they would come in and tell me about their day. That was, my office was the place where they would hang out. So mm-hmm. the year that my daughter did cyber school, and the only reason she was able to do that is because I was working at home. And that was part of the thing. Somebody has to be there with you, right?
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Man, that was rough. Because we were in each other's space that whole day, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And... So that, that was rough. And that happened to coincide with those, those hormones. So that summer, she was actually decided that she wanted to go back to, to the high school. And, but that summer, it seemed like, you know, was the summer where the boys started getting taller, their voices were changing. And so she didn't see them during the school year, but she saw them in the summer. And this one day she came running inside the house and she was like, daddy. I saw such-and-such, such. Daddy, he got muscles. And I was like, oh, well, I won't curse, but I said, oh, bleep. Right? <laughs> and so I'm trying to keep a straight face and not show any emotion here because I don't want to mm-hmm. show that I'm being affected. But inside, man, I am, I am screaming, okay? <laughs> I'm,
0: now, do you know this guy?
1: Um. Yeah, I knew who he was and it's fine. It, didn't, it okay. didn't even matter. It just, it was a guy and now she's thinking he has muscles, right? Yeah, yeah. And he's, I daddy, he's tall and he got muscles. And just the way she was saying it, I'm crying inside, man. I'm like, no, my baby, what are you talking about? <laughs> and so then I had to also, you know, stop and I was cool. She said what she had to say and then she runs off and she does what she wants to do. I run, get on the phone, call my wife screaming, help me, help me. This is what just happened. My wife is hysterical. She thinks it's funny. It's not freaking funny, okay? <laughs> but the only thing that I can say that I did good is that I didn't show that emotion because mm-hmm. then she knew she can actually come and talk to me about that type of stuff. Mm-hmm. And so that would be my advice. Like, dude, if when, that, when those emotions um, when those hormones start raging, you want them to come and talk to you about this type of stuff because you want to be able to, you know, help her out say, okay, yeah, this is normal, whatever, blah, 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 blah. Um, and so the whole the whole thing through the dating, all of that, you want to be able to to be there for those conversations. And um so I think I am very happy that, that was the that was the case. And uh yeah, yeah, that's that's that was my my first experience with those raging hormones. <laughs>
0: I've heard people talk about it just in general and I've heard that too, that maybe even keel and, um, you know, in one ear out the other for the most of it, because a lot of it is they don't even know what they're saying or what they're doing. And if you can just kind of wade through those waters. Now, obviously you got to have some bumpers in there to make sure nobody does something crazy, Mm -hmm. but you know, for the most part, just, uh, take it as it comes and, and, ride the waves as best you can kind of, kind of thing. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Ride the waves. Um, just be there to listen. These are the things that I've learned having daughters and that makes sense. Um, and, and things that I was not doing at first, you know, being the the man, you want to fix everything and fix all those problems. Yeah. Yeah. And, and when my daughter one day said, daddy, I just want you to listen to me. I said, Oh snap, smack on the head. And (laughs) <laughs> and that's what I did. And so even even to this day, if there's a time where I start to talk too much and I notice that she's starting to shut down or something like that, am I supposed to be just be listening? She said, Yep. And I said, Okay, Dokie, you got it. Got it. Yep. Got it. <laughs> so that's a that's to me is a very valuable lesson. I wish I had that one very young. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, because that that helps with our marriages too, guys. It sure does. <laughs>
0: Sure does. So I don't know if there's a tip jar or something that we need to be putting in for you on the, for the advice thing here, but.
1: (laughs) Yeah, that's, that's cool. If it helps somebody, man, it's all good. Uh,
0: Okay. So that's good parenting advice, I think for anybody, but Mm -hmm. especially, well, I don't know if it's especially good for for visually impaired parents or not, but it's, it's good advice for, for any parenting, I guess.
1: Well, the communication aspect, when you talk about visual impairments, I mean. That, that's a, a big thing that just gets uh, exacerbated there, that whole need to communicate. And I, and I know that from my own relationship. You know, my wife is, my wife is someone who communicates with her face. She doesn't have okay. to talk. And I knew her language. Um, yeah. And so now I can't see her face. And meanwhile, and then, you know, she's she's relying on that. And so she would just be like, no, you know how I feel. No, sweetheart, I can't tell how you feel right now. I need you to mm-hmm. communicate. You're going to have to talk to me. You're going to have to say these things that normally went unsaid. Right. So, yeah, that that's a that's a huge deal.
0: That's tough, too. And, and I experienced that with my kids where I'll ask a question and they'll shake their head. Mm, yeah. Or they'll, I, you know, make some other sort of visual yep. answer, yeah. basically. And that's where I kind of have to explain, you know, I, I can't see your hand. I don't see what, yeah. what your head's doing, what you're smiling. I can't tell. And we, uh, so I need, I need some verbal stuff here. And so, you know, I'm sure your wife can adapt to that yeah. much easier than, than the kids can at, at, that, at, the, at, those, at those ages. But that's certainly something that we've tried to work through here is we can use visual stuff, but make sure dad knows the, the audible version of whatever your answer is too yeah
1: actually i think kids adapt to it faster to be honest with you um than adults do because yeah i think kids are we're always telling kids to use their words you know
0: yeah um uh-huh.
1: so i yeah i think i think uh my oldest daughter my youngest one she was always using the words i said like i said she was she was mimicking the watch <laughs> she was she was always talking <laughs> so she she definitely had that down packed um yeah yeah
0: there, there, could be some conflicting messages though, because at, at my house, I'm always telling them to be quiet, like because it's always so loud. I'm like, why is the TV so loud? Yeah, yeah. Why are you yelling? I'm standing two feet from you. You know why? Why? Why do you have to yell? So I guess I got to be careful in my delivery mm-hmm. there. As far like, as what do you uh, want, Daddy? You want
1: me to talk or not? You quiet yeah. or loud? You went,
0: which one? You, make up your mind, right? I, like, I don't know, actually. I'm just, I'm just figuring this out myself. So, yeah, I think that's a lot of parenting. Absolutely. I would never admit that to them Uh, at least at this age, but, um, you know, I gotta at least put on the face that I know what I'm talking about. Yeah, put on the brave, the brave face. They didn't come with a handbook. So no, they (laughs) did. And, and my, in our particular case, our oldest was born about like she was three weeks early and we did these parenting classes Mm -hmm. at the, uh, the hospital. And there were, I think we did three of them and, Or I'm sorry, we were going to do three. We did two. And the third one was scheduled for like two weeks before her due date. Mm -hmm. And she came early. Right. And we didn't have that last one. And I think that it was called baby care basics. Mm -hmm. And so I always told my wife, I was like, I don't know how to do any of this. I missed baby care basics. Right. (laughs) She, um, she didn't buy that. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, well, got to figure it out. (laughs) That didn't work for very long. So, yeah. And you do, you figure it out. Just like, just like everything. Adaptation is the key for everything. Absolutely. You're no stranger to that. Um it sounds like you know in in your mid 30s, you have a job, you're doing what you're doing and you have this vision change. And it sounds like your employer was was pretty good about that?
1: Yeah, as good as they could be. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. They they wanted to keep me on. Um I had some years in the company, I knew a lot of people and good relationships, which it always comes down to relationships. Mm-hmm. And um you know, the unfortunate thing was that I was a IT programmer, a developer, and uh, the the software that we used was not accessible on the back end for development. But there was there was a lot more accessibility because it had to be. Um, you know, there was some some ADA stuff there, five hundred eight and all that that made that accessible on the front end. So there was an opportunity for me to stay on board, but it wasn't in a development. Role It was in a more of a customer service role, helping to troubleshoot things, um, on the front end. And so there's mm-hmm. some, there's some ego things that come with that because, uh, yep. yeah, for me at least, but, you know, I understand. Yeah, that. Yep. But it was, Hey dude, you, you're going to stay employed and, and all of that. And I appreciated it. And so they, they definitely helped out with that and made it, you know, made it possible for me to work from home as well. So.
0: And what kind of software? Without getting too in, into the technical weeds here, what what type of uh, like adaptive software? This is on a PC, I presume. Yeah, yeah. Using JAWS yep, or something yep, like that. Yeah, JAWS,
1: JAWS, okay. and the only other thing was you know JAWS at the time, OpenBook. You know, for scanning, those were the two main things that I would I would use
0: at the time. You still use JAWS? Yes, I use JAWS, and I use NVDA MV, as well. Have you ever dabbled in any of the? Windows accessibility stuff, Narrator and such? Um, a little bit, yeah. Yeah. Every now and then i turn it on. Yeah. I guess Narrator's more really for uh, maybe low vision. I don't think, I don't think Windows has a real screen reader. I mean, I think that's what Narrator is. Narrator is the screen reader. Trying it's, to be. You no, know,
1: it's, it's a lot better than it was back in the day. Like you can, and I have, I have used Narrator to do things, even just installing Jaws or something like that. But yeah. you can, mm-hmm. you can stay within, if you were going to just Do like basic word processing and basic stuff on your computer, searching, getting on the internet. Yeah, I think, I think narrator could probably get you through that stuff
0: today. But Jaws is pretty much the gold standard and at least on the PC world for screen readers. Yeah,
1: Jaws and NVDA, NVDA is making a, making a run for it. If I was if I was younger, (laughs) I'll explain that. But if I was younger and, and becoming blind today, I probably would go to the NVDA, NVDA route more so than JAWS. Um, number one, it's, it's more affordable. It's a lot better than it was in the beginning. There's a lot more you could do with it, but I just don't have the mental capacity today um, or the desire, I should really say, to learn something new. I've been using JAWS for so long that I, I haven't oh, yeah. wanted Keyboard to... Keyboard shortcuts yeah, and all Yeah, yeah, yeah. Muscle memory. Muscle memory, and- exactly. And I haven't had the the desire to really switch like that. So I know a little bit of NVDA to help me out when I need it um, and just do basic stuff like my, my, my DAW. So my Reaper where my machine Mm -hmm. that I use Reaper on, I just, I just have NVDA on that one, but the machine that I do email and all the other stuff and writing, I have two machines um, just cause you know, I'm vain that way, but
0: (laughs) yeah, I, I definitely
1: pick up on your (laughs) So yeah, no, I, I, uh, I have a laptop for that stuff and, um, that one I have jaws on. Yeah. So,
0: okay. Well, I, I'm, I've been a zoom text user for, you know, 25 years, which is made by the same guys that make Mm -hmm. jaws. It's just the, I, I do have some vision. So I, I use that and it's, um, you know it's great. I have a lot of muscle memory. We also talked before we were recording here about uh, my reluctancy to to try different. You're talking about Reaper or maybe some other dolls or some other mm-hmm. things to to work in audio stuff and that muscle memory and that why is it that as we get older we we do that what 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 is it about aging that makes us you know because I used to make fun of my parents yeah for that. yeah and and here I am doing the same thing. I'm trying not to in a lot of ways, but then I start looking at it and um, that's what I'm doing. What's the deal? I think it's energy. That happens to you too? I think
1: it's energy. Like, like I noticed just recently, my energy is just not the same. Like I have to, I have to be more mindful about my energy. Now I'm not, you know, don't run up on me thinking, you know, you can get over on me. No, I'm not saying that, but, <laughs> <laughs> but I just, yeah, I'm, I'm going to be more mindful. You notice mindful. a difference. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. So, mm,
0: so aging. Yeah, but
1: aging is cool. I think it's pretty cool.
0: Well, there's a lot of wisdom that comes with aging too.
1: Yeah. And I'm still here, man. Like, <laughs> and you get to watch other people and, you know, that's the, that's the, my daughters specifically.
0: Especially the kids. Yeah. yeah
1: like, right. like watch what they do and, and just like, wow, not, not relive anything, but just, you know, like, wow. Okay. That's what you're doing today. Oh yeah. I remember I did something like that. You know, they think it's Those all new. Oh, yeah, yeah. They think it's mm-hmm. all new, but it's like, oh no, I've done that. I've done, I've been there. So
0: Been there, done that, got the t-shirt. Yeah.
1: Yeah. But it's cool.
0: Was there any weirdness when so your your girls are getting the age where they can drive? Yeah. Um, was that weird uh, having your at least at the beginning, like you're 16 or 17, you know, very young driver mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and you're in the car with them by yourself. Were you nervous about that?
1: Um, no, no. So my oldest one, well, actually, both of them, they ended up getting taught outside the house in like a driver's ed type of thing. Well,
0: that's good that you didn't teach him.
1: Well, no, but I did. Let me tell you. So my, my, my youngest one, this was fantastic because it ended up being during the pandemic that she was learning how to drive. And so we live in this community. And during the pandemic, no one was outside, right?
0: Oh, yeah. Okay. And so yeah.
1: legally, she's not supposed to just be driving with me at that point. But allegedly, we did. Okay. <laughs> I'm not saying we did. A key word. Allegedly. Yeah, allegedly. We were out there every day for like two hours, just driving in our community and Mm -hmm. practicing. And I would give her little tips and and stuff like that. And that was fantastic, man. That was like, wow, that's, that's the closest I'm going to get to being able to teach my kids how to drive. But it was just like, this is fantastic. This is, this
0: is great timing. Yeah. Yeah. It was, it was some great bonding. Absolutely, man.
1: Absolutely. So even the days I didn't want to go out, I used to say she's kidnapping me and she would kidnap me like, you know, six o'clock. Come on, let's go. And, and, you know, hold me hostage till like eight o'clock. At a point I was like, come on, we we don't need to be out for two hours, you know. But (laughs) nah, it was it was fun.
0: That's awesome. That's awesome. But she also got training outside. of She did. She did. She did. But she's
1: she likes to drive more than my um, oldest. My oldest is not that crazy about driving. But the youngest one, yeah, she's ready to jump in there and, and go um and just drive,
0: yeah, that had to come in handy, yeah, it's cool for you, and you know so one of the things that my wife is incredible, and I don't know how I would do anything that that we do without her she's the she holds everything together, she's the key to this 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 family, but I know that it it adds uh, an extra level of stress when we have one driver in the mm-hmm. house, and we've got four well five people that possibly need to be at different places at, at the same time yeah and just the mental juditchu that she has to do to understand that and then actually physically do those kind of things it's it's really quite amazing what she does and, and how she does it and how graceful she is when she does it so I think it might be good for us to have some extra drivers in that yeah no yeah absolutely someday yeah yeah I'm not wishing that time away say, but yeah you got you got some time yeah to go. I'm, I'm not yeah, but we have a pretty good network of uh, a lot of family near us and friends that, that all help us out. So that that's great. But it may it may be good to have an extra. It'd be nice to have an extra driver in the in the mm-hmm. house. Mm-hmm. Yeah,
1: yeah. No, it it definitely came in handy a, a bunch of times. Now she's away at school, but when she was here, yeah, she would definitely help out with my wife and and stuff. So so my wife is the one who got most of that help. You know the. There was a time when she started to drive. I was like, "Okay, so you're gonna take me here, here, and here." And She's like, "No." I was like, "Oh, okay. <laughs> 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 oh well, yeah. Uh, okay, well." <laughs> nah,
0: then I'm there's playing. that too. I'm yeah. <laughs> yeah.
1: She's cool. They they're great. They're great.
0: Okay, and at some point uh, professionally, you got more into the audio side of things. You got into I, well, I think ever since the beginning. Recording and and DJing in your room or whenever that was, and then when you grew up or as you start to grow up, or maybe you're still growing up like (laughs) me, um, you get really into audio. You, what was the impetus for the starting of the podcast?
1: So the podcast came about. So I was really creating stuff. I was doing audio for um a the the Pennsylvania Council of the Blind. So I was I was very involved with advocacy after becoming blind. Mm -hmm. And uh, producing stuff there, sort of internal things, but the the podcast came about after I re- I received a um, a new voice uh, Association of Independent Association of Independents in Radio New Voice Scholarship, and so that was to the Third Coast Festival, which builds itself like the Grammys of Radio slash podcasting at the time
0: okay well that sounds pretty yeah
1: cool. it was definitely pretty cool um and so during that i met a whole bunch of folks within the radio and podcast industry um at that time i thought that that was the route that i wanted to go and so you know to to produce radio pieces um informative stuff you know narratives and, and things like that so the this american life type stuff and um I met this person who later sent me an email about Gateway Radio in New York, who was looking for folks to make new content for their radio reading service. And so it was a blindness thing, right? It had to do with blindness. And I was annoyed because they only sent it to me. And the request did not say they were looking for blind people, they said they were looking for folks to create content. Um, so I had a little. I was a little annoyed by that. You know, I was like, why are you only send it to me? You know, this is just because it's blind. So you got to send it to the blind guy. Yep. So I got over myself, got over my emotions. I worked through it. <laughs> and yep, yeah, yep. you have to do yeah, that. You have to do that sometimes. And I saw it more as an opportunity um, to mm-hmm. actually start to create more of the content that I was creating at the time and, and doing more, more things. It ended up being really cool because I worked with who also volunteered. That, that organization consisted of people within the industry. So folks who worked for CBS, television, radio, and I was, you know, one of the producers that I was working with was a producer for CBS news. And so I I got to work with these people and they liked the stuff that I was producing. They told me this is good. Like this is, this is really good. And so that gave me some, you know, a little bit more confidence. Right. And so the Mm -hmm. things that I was creating there, I had no way to, no way to share it, so I decided to put it on my blog and I had a blog at that time called read my mind and um, where I used to just write and just share some things that I was, that I was experiencing and all of that. And uh, that's why I just called it read my mind radio because they were just audio files that I was sharing at the time. It wasn't a podcast. Um, initially it was just sharing these audio files out there. And a little bit after that in 2015, I decided, well, let me make it a podcast. And, and I went through the, you know, the iTunes and all of that stuff to actually make it a podcast. So,
0: yeah, it was a little different back in those days too. Cause I, I did some podcasting uh, around 2008 and nine and it is dramatically different today than it, it was back then. Yeah, A lot more services. And well, I mean, podcasting's probably the, I don't know, everybody and their and their mom has a podcast. Everybody now,
1: so. and their mom and their mom's friend. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, they, and your, their mom and their friend talk about stuff that
0: really nobody wants to hear, but they still talk yeah, about it, right? Yeah.
1: Why shouldn't they? That's yeah. good.
0: Get it, get it out there. Let's, uh, let's just, just float all the ideas yeah. out there. Somebody may find it entertaining. <laughs> well, I certainly found your podcast entertaining you. and there was one particular episode I will point to. Um, I can't remember when it, when it was, but I heard it about eight months ago, probably. And, um, where you literally do you start the episode with, uh, you read my mind and my mind being anybody listening where you take us through a little magic trick that you do. So (laughs) I don't know if you remember which one that was, but I would, I would point, I'll, I'll link to the podcast in the, in the show notes here. So people can link to it. Do you remember approximately when that episode was? I think, you know what I'm talking about?
1: Okay. Yeah. Yeah. That was young, gifted, black and disabled. Um, and it was blind girl magic. That was the one. So I tried to do a yes, that sounds yeah. I tried to do a little bit of an intro that ties to magic.
0: Oh, you did more than try. You succeeded because you you got you you got me. (laughs) Read my mind. So that was genius. (laughs) So we'll link to that episode in particular as well, so people can and check that out. I think it's a good intro into into kind of what you do over there. Cool. And that's one of the kind of segments you do, or maybe I don't know how you want to call it. You're in seasons, and you do different season. Yeah, yeah. You, you do different kind of um, like you have a section or grouping, a podcast called flipping the script. Mm-hmm. And a lot of it is talking about audio description, which is something else I wanted to talk to you about. You are pretty big in the audio description world. I, I think that you're somewhat of a pioneer here, at least kind of in the wow. infancy stages as, as audio description is something that's really important and has, has probably been around for longer than we, than I would expect, mm-hmm. but certainly not, where it needs to be it, there, there's a lot of area for improvement and i've talked to a few people on the podcast like yourself that are really doing some tremendous work to make audio description better than well better is, a, is not really the word but better than lousy which it has been and then really bringing art and creativity and yeah. passion into it to make it really something that's not just we're not checking the box Mm -hmm. because we have to do this. We're now, you've got people that that really put their heart and soul into this and and that's what you're doing. And I appreciate that.
1: I I appreciate that. And if I'm going to accept the pioneer thing, I would say that, yes, it would, it would be about this resurgence, um, this era, right? This, this latest era. And if anything, I, I would say, I appreciate the pioneer. I'm not, you know, whatever you said it, so I'll take it. But, <laughs> but but I'm not necessarily saying that about myself, but you know, I'm, I'm really, yes, I, I am one who is a proponent of the creative, looking at audio description from the creative aspect, not just the compliance aspect. and And I'm very big on uh, blind and low vision people being involved in this in this art, in this process. in any any aspect of the process that they so desire. And I think the industry needs to make room um, for us because we're taking it. And, and I think there's a lot of people right now who are saying, no, we're going to take, take over, not take over, but we're going to take our place. And, and that is not necessarily new, right? There have been blind people involved with audio description since its inception. And, and so folks, I think, have not known that. Um, folks may have forgotten that. And so if there's anything that I'll be, take the pioneer thing is it would, would have to do with just, you know, making that known again and saying, yeah, let's, let's, let's take our place in this industry because this is, this is something that is supposed to center blind people, not only in terms of receiving audio description and having access, but this is something that we can do. We can create, and we should be a part of that.
0: I agree totally. And the audio description is for the blind and visually impaired community, right? I mean, I got that right. So why wouldn't the blind and visually impaired community play a pivotal role in the creation of that? I mean, obviously, I'm not forcing anybody to do anything that I want Mm -hmm. to, but it seems like you would want to talk to those that community that you're serving um, to find out what's good, what's bad, what works, what doesn't. And then if there's, if there's people in that community that want to get involved in that, it, that, that should be, that's kind of a no-brainer, but that's not think. necessarily the way it always, always happens. <laughs> yeah, right? you,
1: you would think it's a no-brainer, but I think, um, you know, sometimes it, it, feels, it feels very medical in terms of the way it's worked, right? It's like services for the blind where folks think that it's up to them to, okay, we have to do for this community. When the community can play a role in that, the community can do for and and be a part of playing, you know, um, providing services for themselves. Uh, It doesn't mean that we're excluding anyone else out of this. It doesn't mean that at all. But it does mean that we should not be excluded. And folks have, whether they realize it or not, folks have and some folks continue to exclude blind people from being a part of this in many different ways. directly. And even in just in terms in some of the decisions that they make, right? Deciding to to only use a process that requires sight is exclusive. You're excluding people from that. Deciding to procure software that is not accessible to screen readers, you're excluding. You're making a decision. And so we're pointing out that you need to be conscious of these decisions that you're making uh, because they're not going to, they're not going to be accepted any longer.
0: Yeah, well said. Which is why you're the you're the pioneer. You're the man putting funky in blindness, right?
1: <laughs> well, I'm definitely the man putting some funky in blind, making blindness <laughs> sound funky. I'm definitely there. I'm yeah, a, I, accla- I I'm that. Yeah, yeah, I'm gonna claim that one. Yeah, I'm gonna claim that one. But but yeah, I'll, whatever you want to throw on there is cool.
0: <laughs> You've worked on some pretty cool projects, I presume. I mean, I don't know how how much you can get into what you are doing mm-hmm. maybe in the future, but there have been some some pretty cool projects and some pretty cool collaborations you've had. Have, can, can we hear you? Where, where can we hear you? Are you on what services? Like Netflix? Are you on other platforms, other
1: things? So to date, yes, I've been on Netflix. I'm on HBO and Hulu. I think those are the three. Okay. Yes. And then other stuff as well. Some other stuff, but not on there. I think I did something for PBS as well. A couple of things.
0: Okay, we don't have to get specific on titles or mm-hmm. things, but you do recall some cool collaborations or, or was there one that you worked on that you're like, man, this is awesome. This is, this is exactly why I want to do this.
1: Um, Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I'll tell you that, yeah, the, the one that sticks out to me the most, um, I can't say the project because I'm not supposed to, but the co- it was the feedback from the community that I really liked. And there was one particular, one or two, that was like, your voice sounded perfect for that. And it was, there was a cultural aspect to it. Um, but it was like your voice fit on there. And it, it made for that person, for those folks who, who said that and felt this way, it made that content just sort of be, just sort of be, you know, like it wasn't disruptive and they really appreciated it. And that, that made me really, really happy because that's always been why I wanted to get involved in audio description. There's definitely that aspect of it. Um audio description is not like in the in the voiceover field, it's that's not the that's not like the holy grail or anything, right? Like that's not the top moneymaker. <laughs> you know
0: what, audio description? Yeah, you're
1: not no, you're not, not gonna you're it's, not gonna yeah. retire off of off of uh, audio, audio description.
0: You know you're not gonna get yeah. rich.
1: But there's that, there's that social aspect, there's that empowerment aspect of it that, that I like, that I think has value and means something to me. And so that feedback really meant a lot to me. Yeah, yeah, I love that.
0: And you said that, that, that they said your voice was just there just to be. And that's, I think, how, how would you describe the role that audio description is supposed to play in the, in the presentation of whatever it is? It's, it's not supposed to overpower the, the presentation or underpower it, right? It's supposed to be maybe somewhere in the middle or how would you describe it? Yeah. What is your role in the, in the production of the, or the presentation of the film or the TV show or whatever it is? I
1: like to think of my role as like, I'm watching this with you, right? You and I are hanging out and okay, you can't see it. So I'm going to tell you what's happening during these times. That's one, that's one thing. And so that's where I shouldn't be overpowering and all of that, right,
0: yeah, and I think you can just I think you can just think about that like because you've been in that situation mm-hmm. yourself, right, absolutely where you're watching a show with somebody and they're telling you yeah. these things, right, so you can directly relate to the concept absolutely there. and you don't you don't want that person like bumping you and and telling you stuff that doesn't necessarily right. matter, but you need to know contextually conceptually what's going on so you can understand what's going on absolutely right?
1: absolutely and the, the second part of that is that i believe for me the narrator needs to fit into the the film whatever it, whatever it is so i feel like they're like a cast member in a way so for example if the film is set in a specific culture for me I want that person who's narrating to be of that culture. I think that that's the way it should be. It fits. Because when it's not, it's disruptive to me. It can really, really be disruptive. Even if we're talking about just the way certain things are pronounced, certain words are pronounced, if they're not authentic sounding, it's like, well, why did, why is that person saying that? That They're not saying it properly, mm-hmm. right? That, that That doesn't fit. Yeah. So let the person fit. And to me, again, if we go back I'm always thinking like it would be fantastic for audio description, like any other form of accessibility to take place at the beginning of that, of that cycle, right? So, so the, the earliest, yeah, not, after, not the after, fact, after the fact, yeah. right? And so that means would, would that voice actually be casted by the director, by the producers? And often it's like, no, they wouldn't, they wouldn't make it. That voice stands out. That, that doesn't make sense to have this particular person in there. They might be great narrator. It doesn't have anything to, it doesn't reflect on them as a narrator. It just reflects on what works for the listener. And that's, that's what I mean when I say, you know, audio descriptions to center blind and low vision people with the consumers. And so that's what we should be able to sort of dictate. We should be able to dictate these sorts of things. They need to. We should be heard. Absolutely, we should be heard for this. So,
0: well said. Which is why you are the man, Thomas. Thank you, sir.
1: I appreciate that. I don't know if I'm the man. I might just be the man sitting next to the man who sits next to the man. But I don't know if I'm the man. (laughs)
0: Well, that still makes you uh, the man to somebody, though, right?
1: I would like to be the man to somebody. Yes, and that's my (laughs) if my if that's my wife and my kids. That's great. I love it when when I. Yeah, we can start yeah, with that, yeah, yeah. but you're you're much much bigger <laughs> than that. You're much better I appreciate than that. Tr- trust me.
0: Uh, so, do audio description? Do those show up in the credits for uh, those projects?
1: They do. They do. They. You know, as the as the describer, we get to announce it. You know, that's the that's the fun part. Okay. When you get to announce that. That's yeah. absolutely awesome. But it doesn't happen all the time.
0: Sometimes they're excluded for whatever reason. So we can we can search for shows that. Thomas Reed, the great Thomas Reed. Wow. Has uh, done the audio description for them, right? On those, those um, platforms you I don't, earlier. I don't think
1: so. One of the places that I would recommend, and this is something that needs to be updated, um, but, but Roy Samuelson's the ADNA.org, so that's the Audio Description Network Alliance. Um, they're okay. serving, like he created that with, uh, with the idea of sort of being the IMDB of audio description. And so you could go there and search up, uh, my name and then some of my credits come up. Uh, not everything, but, but a list of the credits come up.
0: Yeah. Okay. Awesome. Yeah. yeah. I know Roy we will link to that in the show notes as well. And we've already got a link to your podcasts. Is there any, anywhere else somebody needs to go to find Thomas Reed? Uh, come to my house, but that's, <laughs> that might not be appropriate. <laughs> yeah. That's probably. <laughs> So we'll just stick with the digital stuff. Yeah, the digital stuff. stuff. There's
1: there's one other digital thing that I would like to mention because um, some folks might be interested in this. um, Working on a project, and it's all around podcasting, and we're we're still sort of looking for folks who are interested in either consuming or creating content that is specific to disability. Um, So disability podcasts, and we are trying to. We're working with a project. I'm working with. Friend and colleague, the amazing access artist Cheryl Green. And she and I are creating what will be a portal for consumers and creators to sort of find each other, right? So, disability podcasts, those who are interested in that, to sort of find out, hey, what is this podcast all about? Or I'm interested in a podcast about XYZ that relates to disability. And they're going to be able to find that, that type of stuff there. We have a survey. Right now, for both podcasters, those who potentially want to start a podcast, those who may have had a podcast at some point but gave up for whatever reason, we want to know what are some of the what are some of the issues you're facing? Uh, because we want to provide training, we want to provide some uh, resources, right? But mainly for those who are creating podcasts. But then we also have a section of that survey that is about the listener, about the consumer, because you can also be a transcript reader, right? We're looking at at all people trying to be inclusive. What is it that you're looking for out of podcasts? And and so we would love to get folks to kind of come on over there. And I'll send you the link. It's https colon slash bit.ly, B-I-T dot L-Y slash pod access, P-O-D-A-C-C-E-S-S, capitalized.
0: Okay. So we'll link to that below as well. And you can follow that. I'm a, yes, podcaster. you should fill out the survey. Yeah. Well, is one of the answers I have too many kids, is that, <laughs> that something you guys can help me with?
1: <laughs> we can't, we <laughs> might not be able to help you with that, but you never know. We might be able to, that might be something we should know about. You know, we can have babysitting services on.
0: <laughs> okay. Yeah. Thomas, it's been a lot of fun. Uh, again, we'll have all those links down below. It's been a lot of fun uh, chatting with you and getting to know you. I appreciate what you're doing. Thank you. And uh, look forward to uh, connecting with you again down the I appreciate the road. it, John. Thank you so much. Thanks for
1: spending time with the Ambiguously Blind podcast. Please rate and write a review wherever you subscribe and connect and share with us at, at ambiguouslyblind.com.